Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SCTV for ScreeningClub.com, where we break down all the latest in television entertainment for you each week. We are back this week, me with a less dry mouth, uh, hopefully sounding a little better, as always, with my associates, my brother Chris and our good friend Mike. How you guys doing this week? I'm okay. Uh, you with a less dry mouth, me with a dizzier mind. I think you you had mentioned that, so you've been not not feeling too too great, huh? Yeah, I've been feeling pretty lightheaded today, which is pretty pretty uncharacteristic for me. I, I, I don't think I feel this way too too often. Just today, or has it been? I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> just I. I realized it today on my my drive up to Concord, belting out to Frank Sinatra's "My Way." Wow! When I, when I went up to hit the high notes, I I felt faint. Mike, and, of course, an av- an avid singer, <laughs> avid vo- vocalist. Yes, yes, I try polishing the pipes. Uh, couldn't do it today, though. Well, I I mean, I did it, but it didn't feel good. Mm. And, <laughs> Wasn't where it needed to be. Did you almost pass out? I felt the urge, like like I could have either passed out or vomited. Oh my god! Um, no, but I didn't. Like I mentioned, I I have had lightheaded issues. Yep. You know what? Stay hydrated. I know I'm, I mentioned this to you before, and you might have low low sugar. I'm so gonna, just, I'm going to take that advice because it ha- the feeling hasn't gone gotten it hasn't gone away. Uh, so we'll see. So this we'll might see. be a special podcast. Just, just might be. Now, how how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fine. You go. Uh, you you went to an event re- recently. Oh this, yes. This past weekend, you you were telling me I went to the Northeast Comic Con Saturday oh. for a couple of hours. It was actually called Comic Con. Northeast Comic Con. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. How how was that? It was, was good. Yeah. Was it was a secret trip, Chris? No, it wasn't a secret trip. Uh, for, for I believe I told it. you. I believe I told you about it. Yep. I definitely told Jeff about it. No, well, you, you mentioned it to me briefly yesterday, but that's all I had ever heard about it. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, well, sorry about that, guys. Um, no worries. How? Uh... Let me just say this: it's not your type of place. I'd say I don't <laughs> think either of you would have enjoyed it very much. It's very, very comics focused. You don't think we're, you know, hip with with the comic con? I don't crowd? think you've ever read a comic. Wow. Mike, so have you read a comic? Jeff? Okay, well, read a comic. This is a little an bit issue, of, an of, issue, of elitism. An issue of what Chris is all, all about. Yeah, like a $4 comic. Real real elite status there. Yeah, but we can't, what what if we watched a comic book movie? I've watched plenty of those. Okay, not, it's, it's not good enough. Yeah. That's fair to say, not the question I asked. But, all right. Because <laughs> you know sure what? There weren't a lot a of comic. comic book movies there, but there were a lot of comics. You showed me a comic that I read... Uh, just a couple days ago when you, when you told you me did, about this. You didn't read it. You flipped through it. I did read did it. Did you come across anyway. any D-list celebrities? Yeah, so to I star? saw Dean Cain. No, you didn't. Really. I saw Dean Cain. He walked right by me. Dean Cain was, was there? Dean Cain was there. I don't know who that is. Uh, I played Superman. He plays Supergirl's dad on Supergirl right now. Oh, okay. That's yep. great. So Superman. was he doing something or just si- signing? Uh, signing, and he might have been on some panel, I don't know, but he, the panel room was, this is a very small Comic-Con, the panel room was right near, like, the green room, so if you were sitting at a panel, and there was only one panel room, uh, there was a good chance, like, every 
15 minutes or so, someone from the green room would walk right by. Oh, okay. Which is what happened. Uh, Sean Gunn. Yeah, I talked about this. Um, you mentioned your aspirations. James Gunn's. attending this thing. Yeah, there you go. But you yeah. never mentioned that you were, like, legitimately legitimately planning on going. Okay. I thought I was that rolling, you had gone. I thought I was rolling with a joke that Mike was was making, because you very clearly mentioned this, this to us, or, or like earlier okay. maybe on an episode maybe not anyways uh sean gunn james gunn's brother who was on gilmore girls and was in guardians of the galaxy he's okay. like a writer or something he was there uh and billy west was there as well i saw him oh i'd like to see him i saw him it's free to see do anything else you gotta pay him some money though <laughs> so i did not interact with any of these celebrities because i didn't want to pay the money but you like walk up to a table you know yeah they were all just sitting at like big tables and you could walk up and then they had stuff to sell and signatures to sell chris i've been to events like this i i went to pax yeah it's a little bit times. a little bit different than pax but what can you do pax is like mega huge well you know they don't is really have PAX, s- what is pax bigger than like uh the main comic-con i'd say pax is equivalent to new york comic-con maybe a little mm-hmm. bit bigger but Isn't also, San Diego the main Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah, but it's not as big. It's slight, San Diego Comic-Con is slightly bigger, but PAX West might be about the same size as San Diego that Comic-Con. sounds pretty fun. You know, We're on the San East Diego Coast. Comic-Con is probably like the biggest entertainment convention in, in the country, right? Yeah, probably. There might be... Um, E3. Yeah, it, definitely bigger than E3. E3 is big, but it's an industry-only event. Mm. So, But there might be like, um, like these weird like European conventions that are like huge... They don't have, like... Yeah, you, know, um, you never know. Speaking of big events, it's worth mentioning also that the three of us are all part in a cutthroat, long-standing fantasy football league uh, that's about to enter the postseason. Looking like we, all three of us, have got a shot to make the, the, the postseason. And let me shout out to anyone out there that's in a fantasy fo- football league. Good good for you. And I hope, uh, hope you had a good year. Hope you uh, didn't draft Todd Gurley like, like me. Or AP, like me. Or AP. Although, didn't you tell me, Mike, that if I hadn't taken Gurley, you, you were going to take Gurley? I definitely so you were screwed either Gurley. way. Yeah. I I would have been better off taking Gurley. I'm not sure how much better, because he hasn't been great. You might have traded him along the way. In a lot of ways, it's probably much worse. I was I was actually talking to some other people about this, because like someone like Todd Gurley who's severely underperforming screws you every week when with AP it's just like okay he's done <laughs> it's true I can try to get someone else try to start some someone else try Jarek McKinnon for for a couple weeks and that that could fail miserably but uh... and know what I'd I'd say this I'd challenge anyone listening our our friends listening if you think you have a worse draft than what I'm about to mention which is my top five draft picks this this year 12 team standard league my f- top five picks were Todd Gurley, uh, Eddie Lacy, Ouch. Sammy Watkins. Although he's back. Uh, he's He is back. Got me three points th- th- this week. Uh, Arian Foster and, and Josh Gordon. And, and Michael Floyd. So, so, so that's six. That is pretty brutal. You took Josh Gordon in the fifth round? No, actually, you, you all of that is risks. pushed down. Michael Floyd that was, was early for fourth. Foster too. You took some risks. My, Michael Floyd was fourth, then Foster fifth, and Josh Gordon sixth. That's what it was. Mm. So everything was horrible. But here I am, probably about to make the playoffs, depending on how things yeah. go tonight. You, you always seem to adapt, <laughs> regardless of 
the miserable situation you you put yourself in. I love fantasy. I love fantasy. And Noah, this is uh, I take exception to that, and uh, I I don't put myself in bad. Like this was the worst I've I've ever been by a wide wide margin. Just horrible in every facet of of, of the draft. But good good luck, everyone. I wish you all the best of luck, and uh, you know we've got a lot of TV to talk about this week. Yes, we should get into that. Mm-hmm. It's a very special episode, uh, but we'll talk we'll talk more more about this. But just to just to give a little teaser, uh, we we've we're talking West Westworld first. Then Chris Chris has got a quick quick hit. Uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can maybe. I, mean, I can mention Walking Dead a little bit, and then we're doing a very special segment uh, again uh, <laughs> by our s- s- segment brain brainchild. <laughs> Uh, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, where we're all going to have a top five list, which we'll explain more later, but stay tuned. But uh, Hey, before we get into Westworld, everyone knows my favorite segment of this show is, you know, I don't watch the show, so my weekly updates with DS. I gotta learn about what's happening, with what's Keithard, Keithard doing, and I know my two friends here, my sweet friends here, love that show, so what, what happened this week? I, I couldn't tell you. I believe what? Uh, <laughs> what? I believe Chris might be br- bringing this up just to stoke stoke the flames uh, that he knows that What's... me and Mike both missed out on on DS this wow. This week. What am I going to do without my weekly DS update? What happened uh, for me at least was I had a very busy week, and um, yeah. I just now uh, on Monday watched Westworld, and even though I told you both last week, I forgot that it was an hour and a half long. And I was going to squeeze in both Westworld and DS before the podcast, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it, and I knew well, that uh, uh, for the for the best to to do what was best for the podcast, I had to watch Westworld o- over DS. And I'm relieved you missed out on DS because I was dreading coming over here to tell you that I had missed out on DS. So <laughs> for the best, I was uh, good. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to talk about DS next because because next week is our is our wall to wall top ten list. Come on, we gotta fit in a little D- DS. <laughs> we get maybe we're we're gonna get two episodes in a row of DS, which is extremely rare. Then it'll be off again, right? Who knows? Actually, it's going for away for a couple of weeks at least. Part of the journey, Mike. Look, you have to watch. You have to watch, okay? Let's both make sure we watch it for, okay. for next week. Wow. But anyway, thank you so much for, for, for bringing that. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Didn't know it was a sore subject. I, I appreciate that. But let's talk, uh, let's talk some Westworld. Guys, what an episode. Give me some initial thoughts uh, before we, we dive in. How about that? I thought it was a very entertaining episode. Um I'm not sure the show at any point this season sort of reached the pinnacle of of expectation that was sort of laid on it um, ahead of its premiere, but overall I thought it closed out what was a pretty successful upper echelon season of TV. Um, Yeah, I like this one a lot, Chris. Yeah, I completely agree. It it hit enough marks to be considered definitely in the conversation of the best TV this year, but it wasn't anywhere. Yeah, I'm not sure I would go that far. Um, calling you it, wouldn't say at least personally. I wouldn't call it among. I wouldn't put it among my my favorite. Of you the wouldn't year. put it on your top ten. Hey, well, we'll talk about that next week. 
<laughs> well, I, oh, I think I might put it on my top ten, but I think it's in the it, I at least it, it at least it's in the conversation. Greatness. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. It's in the conversation. I would consider top ten worthy have, but it was there was enough week to week, and especially this past these past two weeks, I thought really the season reached its high point, um, where I was left very satisfied. Yeah. Yep. How about you, Jeff? Um, well, I had a couple of little gripes with this this episode, but it um, came came together for me, and I was uh, I was pretty blown away by by the, by the end. They also they I really thought there was a chance uh, William wasn't going to be who who he was, uh, and I was going to get to talk to you because you were so sure Mike uh, but I, yeah. it was correct um, that I'm pretty thick but 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 Noah and the man in black had a couple of what I thought were cheesy lines in this in, in this episode but um a couple of chilling moments for me and really uh, I, I really enjoyed it I think crazy setup for season two uh, so uh, yeah. probably on my 50th birthday we'll get to celebrate the uh the beginning of season two, um, but it, it was good. And you're only forty six. So yeah, I'm only forty six. So <laughs> we're not too far off, are we? Um, but yeah, I really, I really liked it. Um, why don't we? Uh, why don't we dive in a little bit? We can sort of. Uh, I know there was a ton going on. Well, the show was kind of like this episode did a good job of consolidating some of the storylines. There was yeah. the Maeve storyline, which was obviously apart physically and storyline-wise, but also, like, the Ford stuff, the Bernard stuff, the uh, and the Dolores stuff, all and the kind Williams of... Stuff. And the Williams stuff. All really coalesced. All converged, yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think we could, we could kind of... What did you guys think of the Maeve stuff? Let's go over there first. Let me ask you guys one thing before we dive into the Maeve stuff, but it has to do sure. with the Maeve stuff. It happened okay. to Maeve... When she when when they were walking by like that special section like it had like a different logo. Do you know what I'm talking about? SW. And there was Samurai, Samurai World. Samurai World. Yeah. Is that just like so, as Felix said? It's complicated. Wait, it, it didn't say Samurai World. No, but you it can SW. But I mean, there's samurais everywhere. Cut, cut the samurais. But um, we're like it wouldn't just be Samurai World. I don't know. Why not? Because they call it like. Just well, one type of feudal, thing feudal world. Japan world is not a good name. It's not catchy. <laughs> okay, so uh, that's but that's I think that's just a little like just a little taste of that. There's this larger world going on, and it would obviously make sense that they would franchise it out to different people that like different things. But then Ford only pays attention to the one world. Well, it's probably well, we don't we don't know. Um, it, that could be completely independent of of Westworld. Um, yeah, in in how it's run, the the hierarchy of of that world can be entirely different. Is this in the same building, though? But also well, same got, same complex could be under the same like uh, umbrella. For, yeah, for conglomerate. All, for all we know, this is like a continent that they're on. Knows? I thought yeah. she was gonna grab them and be like, "You're the army now," hmm. you know. Hmm. And then also that makes sense when uh, Felix gives her the note with where her daughter is and it says Park One. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it says, 
I mean, if they're numbering parks, well, I guess there could just just be two parks. Well, in the initial planning of this show, they were going to have Westeros World. Hmm. There's Game of Thrones. How do you how do you find that out, Chris? I read that in, in an interview. Also, I mentioned that like a few episodes ago. If you someone wants to go back, I, I I usually just space out when you're talking. I remember. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. So that that would be that would have been interesting. I thought. That that was cool, and then I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty badass when she like we see her wearing like other stuff at first. She's wearing like an ill ill fitting black shirt thing first. Like it was just cool seeing her trans transform. Yeah, transform, but nice. also not like she's not really transforming. This is all someone's plan. Well, that that was cool. Um, the, the, I thought the whole Maeve arc was was one of the high points of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go as far to call her the most sympathetic and interesting characters on the show. So I think her and Dolores are probably the two uh, quote unquote heroes. Um, mm-hmm. They're their equal journeys that we sort of follow from be- beginning to end just ha- carried the most emotional weight for me um, so it was great to sort of watch their their two stories uh, climax sort of opposite one another in, in two, two very different ways but also sort of um, of a piece with Ford's master plan like I think he had a, one plan for Dolores another plan for Maeve and uh, as it was revealed in this this episode, what what Maeve was doing really wasn't of her own volition. Uh, it was written and tracked out, and she was just simply following along the steps, um, aided by Felix, who motivation still kind of confused me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. But it was what was. While I would have really loved to have seen Maeve leave on the train and explore the world outside the park um i think it also it made a lot of sense character wise why she would stay because as as she as she realized it part of her part of what was being written for her how she was being controlled was that she would go on to leave the park that's what that's what whoever was doing that likely ford wanted from of her and it was great to see her defy that and make the choice that no she was going to stay because she like Dolores had achieved full consciousness she was she no longer was being controlled which was a fitting fitting end to her story yeah but of course part of the plan was for her to achieve full full con- consciousness sure sure but she did a lot of that she did on her own um yeah, it's still it, so. So now it makes a little more sense why no one was 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 stopping her a little bit, but still, it doesn't make sense that no one stopped her. The Felix stuff, I struggled with because sure, while he he sort of identified more with with her than he did with his own like human counterparts, especially that that redheaded asshole Sylvester. Yeah. Um, you remind me a lot, Chris. I, yeah, I, I see that too. Yeah, especially the glasses. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And the nerdiness. 
Thanks. <laughs> and just the overall, like, negative sort of zero appeal sort of thing. Like, as a... Yeah. As like the per, yeah. the personality wise, but please go. But anyways, go on, yeah. uh, during their great escape, <laughs> yeah. during their great escape with uh, Hector and that woman with all the tattoos, they they get those assault rifles and they're just mowing down all these like completely innocent security guards. Yeah. Felix is just sort of standing by, watching, doing absolutely nothing uh. as as like his literal humans are being savagely murdered. He is, he is like, literally now culpable. I couldn't believe the that. Thing, the thing that really annoys me about him is, okay, he he had one line where, like, he's talking to that red-headed guy, where the red-headed guy was like, why are you going on with this? And he was like, oh, like, it's this is life. Like, she's she has consciousness. And it's like, okay, if, if you want to say that's the reason, fine. But then, during this whole, like, at last episode, he's, like, so timid and, like, not sure of everything that's going on, and it's like either be totally for this and like mm, yeah. not giving a shit but that people are dying. Be, I, yeah, I get why you can be for Maeve escaping because you you like this person, you identify with her. Um, she, for whatever reason, has some sort of hold over you. But like the moment, like innocent people are now being like savagely gunned down in the halls, and you're you're still gonna sit by and piss away your entire life and career. Um, over this one android <laughs> yeah. that you that you may have fallen in love with, like I don't know, we just needed more and, and insight into him, more yeah. of a reason to to identify like why he was doing the things he was doing, um, to really sort of for me to go along with that. So I I struggled with the Felix stuff. Fortunately, it wasn't really a significant part of the the yeah. episode. But you know, on that same point about him watching her kill everyone. And, of course, this happened uh, beforehand. But I was thinking about this, and I'm sure you guys will cor- correct me if you think I'm wrong. When his his name is Hector, right? The guy that is yep. her accomplice there. I think when he kills that guy, that's the first real time that a host kills a person. Because, just hear me out. Because Bernard was just being controlled. Yep. But when he does that, no one's controlling him. It's true. And that, to me, was very... I can see Chris working through if he can prove prove me wrong in some way in his mind right, right now. But that, to me, was just a host killing a human. He, he well, savagely... That came after Maeve took control of his uh, capacities. Yeah, but she didn't... Like, she didn't tell him to kill that thing. She just turned True, up yeah, his... Yeah. But he, he finally gained the ability to do it. And uh, when when opportunity struck, he did not, not shy away. He, he, he murdered those people. So to me, that was a huge moment. It was the first time someone not... A human had no part in a host killing. Uh, it was a huge moment, but as you suspected, you are wrong. Great. Because we learned that uh, all of this was orchestrated by some shady character. Uh, so... It... Wait, wasn't it Ford, though? It was Ford. It's prob... Uh, it's probably Ford, but I don't really understand how it fits into his grand scheme. I sort of... Before, like, Ford's master plan, um, sort of came together in in the Westworld Park, um, I was sort of thinking that maybe his secret narrative was the, the escape of Maeve, and that he was viewing everything in Westworld as a distraction. 
because no mm. one was paying attention what was going back yeah. um, at, the, at the main headquarters. Man, the end of the episode was killer, man. But um, <clears throat> I think, Chris, that was a big moment. I, I just said it was a big moment. Okay, good. Just not in the way that you think it is. Let's talk um, about... Uh, Shall we talk about the the man in black William uh, stuff? Yeah. Okay. Just let me make a break because I want to hear what you guys have to say first. But I do have one issue with the dialogue there. I thought there was some cheesy lines on that Ed Harris voiceover parts. Yes, I can think of one one line in particular. When I, he said something to the effect of he he went to the park looking for something whatever it was, but instead he, he found something else. He found himself. <laughs> yeah. That was the... Yeah, he, he was... The, the, he went looking for Dolores, but but instead he found himself. That was the pinnacle of of the, the, the cheesy lines. But really, I felt that whole... Do you think it's possible that could have been a meta cheesy line? Where, like, William's, like, this introverted guy who's obsessed with storylines and stories... And he searched through his yeah. past, and he's made this—he's made this third-person narrative of his life. Yeah, it's, you could kind of make that—that that excuse for for a lot of the show's <laughs> um, missteps throughout the, throughout the season. Yeah, uh, like like kind of in a few episodes back, like in an episode where a character like explicitly said to another character how how writers like to show, not tell, like. That, that very same episode, we got, like, four different expository uh, monologues literally telling, like, everything rather than showing. And this week, we got a lot of that, too. A lot of just expository soliloquies, monologues, um, like, explaining point for point just what was actually going on in, in Westworld yeah. in the show. It's history. Um, but, I mean, when when a lot of them are delivered by, by Anthony Hopkins, you, you tend to forgive... Forgive him more than than you would otherwise. Mm -hmm. I just think the I I don't think the reveal, and maybe it's because everyone, including Chris, who didn't look at anyone else's opinion on on the, on, on the matter, finally last week, even Chris. Apparently, uh, it took me. Coming. Apparently, it took me a lot longer than you guys. Um. And maybe it's yeah, maybe it's because of that because I just knew it was coming. But I f I felt like the reveal wasn't great. It was like I, I just felt like it was something that they they stretched out a little bit. It in, was kind of presented like it was meant to meant to be like some grand aha moment. Um, obviously, I think ninety five percent of of the the Westworld audience probably knew knew exactly what what would happen. I don't know about ninety five percent. I don't know about ninety five percent. There's yeah. a lot of people. There's a lot of people that just watch shows that don't look, look online afterwards. And know what? I think if I really didn't know, it would have been pretty cool because he's telling the story like mm -hmm. he's telling the story of two of two other people. And then well, as soon as he starts like monologuing about William, like to Dolores, like about the character of William, like why else would he have all this intimate knowledge about? Because he was Logan, Mike. Oh, because that's he was why. Logan. And I started I thinking, maybe, maybe, but when, uh, I don't know, yeah, I thought, gosh, I, and I know, like, 
season two is going to be crazy. It's going to be like Hunger Games. Hunger Games? Yeah. Isn't that the the one where they're all uh, being chased in the park or whatever? Never seen it. <laughs> really? Uh, Hunger Games, 12 children, I think it's 12, are put into a park to kill each other? 12 children? No, Hunger Games is just a bunch of random people get picked to be put into a park and they all fight. Yeah, random people get picked. How is... Bunch of people. I mean, I get that there's going to be. And know what? Man, when they got to the ocean scene, just just a quick. I I know this isn't about the man in black. I was getting some real Truman Show vibes. Me too. Me sure too. Because I was like, that's that's the edge of the world. Especially when the lights, yeah, audience uh, watching in the background. That was that was Truman Show. You know, Ed Harris is right here. The Ed Ed Harris factor as well. (laughs) Ed Harris is right here. That scene cemented for me. How insignificant of a character Teddy is in all he of this. He really is. He is literally there. He was portrayed in the trailers as in the show. The main character. He's, I mean, in, in the the actual Westworld TV show, he is there just solely to serve the desires and uh, actions of of other characters, just like he is uh, in the actual in the actual park. He he is literally there to function as like a, a safeguard for for Dolores to be to be her her savior her champion or assassin whatever she needs him to be he he is um you know the process it kind of uh sold James Marsden a little bit short just didn't really have surprised by how little he really had to do on, on the show from like a narrative no, I was yeah. reading an article, like, James Marsden is just so, like, the the official, like, s- stereotypically good, good-looking guy, and then, yep. uh, <laughs> um, Jimmy Simpson, William, is not really, <laughs> like, I was watching an episode of Always Sunny the other day where he plays, like, the, the disgusting the brother. Boy, he's the stereotypical, like, creepy loner. Yeah. He, he, he was... <laughs> He he has a character on a House of Cards where where he plays just that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, he that's exactly what he turned out to be in Westworld. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you know I was I was also I I read somewhere uh, like he came out I, I guess in the last day or whatever, um, and I just just read this but uh, and said he they didn't tell any of the actors what was going going to happen either. Mm-hmm. But he figured out that he was the man in black. Did did you read read yeah, about this? Because they were they asked him to pluck his eyebrows uh, while while he mm-hmm. was um, in wardrobe or whatever. And he said, "Why would they have me pluck my eyebrows? Oh, to look like someone else." And then he figured it out. I mean, it is. I do. I've been thinking about this as over the course of the season, as I've been mulling over this William as man in black theory. Is that they they kind of cheated. Um, in their uh, presentation of younger version of Man of Black because as we've seen through flashbacks whenever we get a younger version of Dr. Ford he's literally played by a younger CGI version of Anthony Hopkins (laughs) whereas now that we've come to understand in the past younger version of Ed Harris is played by an entirely different actor that we 
can't really easily yeah. decipher one way or the other is, in fact, that Harris. Whereas with the young CGI Anthony Hopkins, we know just who that is. Yeah. Kind of a cheat. I understand. Probably not a uh, feasible thing to, to do long term over a period of ten episodes. Uh, uh, I told Jeff he was wrong earlier. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You're a broken record here. What? There Wasn't that that one scene in the underground of the city that was underneath the grant that was under that was buried okay where young anthony hopkins is played by a diff- different actor no that was a young anthony hopkins C- cgi face i'm sure no, no, it was like no, a no, stand the other scene the guy walking down the hallway that passes by dolores that, yeah. i think that was completely that was still him no that was not the same there's there's three there's current anthony hopkins there's like CGI CGI to make him look younger, but it's still him and Anthony Hopkins. And then there's that one, which is either a different actor or like completely CGI. I think that was they 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 attempted to make that a young CGI Anthony Hopkins, but obviously using mm. another like stand-in actor to, to play the the body and probably parts of the face. There's no way that that's that that's the same because he was older when he created Bernard. That's how they're playing that that off, I think. Well, yeah, then we got a slightly youngered down version of Anthony Hopkins. Oh, we're going to have to go back to the tapes. It's really... We shouldn't shouldn't dwell on this. We should move on. Well, you brought it up, but now we shouldn't dwell when he's proven wrong. That's right. I wasn't proven wrong. uh, Let me ask, ask you guys this. We have to talk about the Dolores stuff and then that final scene. Yes. You know what? I'll I'll just say my blood got pumping when the big banner came and said like "Welcome board members." I was like, "This shit's about to get really, really yeah. heavy." And um, but yeah, what did you guys think of the Dolores stuff, and then eventually the uh, the, the the Ford stuff? I love the Dolores stuff. Like I said a few weeks back, like the Dolores William stuff, I was really struggling with. I hope. Mm. I hope whatever it is we're we're seeing really sort of pays off towards the end, and I really think it did. Just just thinking back, just sort of tracking Dolores's journey from episode one to um, what she became in episode ten was really great. Especially when you layer in all the the Arnold stuff and the Maze stuff and her history with William and the Man in Black, and then just just to see it was all sort of just paving the way for her to achieve full consciousness the bicameral mind as the episode is titled uh was really cool to 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 see um what's been largely hinted at for the last few episodes that she was in fact the the quote-unquote wyatt character and she was the one who slaughtered that whole town um per the demands of of arnold was was really cool and yeah uh good stuff it's haunting Chris? stuff yeah I agree, I agree with you mike uh there was so much from that scene where it's like they're talking about her mind and when she's in the room and her mind mixes her uh consciousness mixes with i call him bernard but with like the other voices in her head to become her own voice yeah we got a little bit of um Arnold, I think we got a little bit of um, Doctor Ford as well. Mm-hmm. I and think then, so. Yeah, and then Dolores, fine, and then it finally sort of shifted where it was just her who, who she was talking back and forth with. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Really cool. Yeah, 
And we didn't even mention the opening. The cold open was her on the on the table with just her head was Oh, oh yeah, that was great. Very, that was uh, that was really awesome. Very Ex Machina. Provocative of Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it, no spoilers, please. Thank okay. you. Um so cool and when just everything tying all all together was really uh It really was. I it really I think was threaded really well. Um Yeah, and, and paid off very well t- to see um, on top of that, to see Ford's uh, narrative that he'd been steadily building throughout the season mm-hmm. finally sort of come together. Uh, that that reveal was really cool. Um, I, yeah. I was getting worried because it was seeming like... Like, I was getting really pumped up for this big, like... I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I, I was thinking maybe Maeve and the crew would come into the party and start, like, going crazy or, like, some crazy stuff happen. Then I was getting worried that he was just going to sort of set up this, like, okay, Bernard and everyone, like, you're you're all in place, and now I'm just going to go and retire and leave. But when he shook Bernard's hand in that church and called him his friend... Which I think, like, because they've made a big deal out of, like, he's not their friend. Right. Like, that's the first time he's, like, I guess maybe was he saying goodbye to Arnold? I don't know. But it, it, he shook B- B- Bernard's hand. I got chills there because then I was like, this shit's about to get real. Like, when he shook his hand in the church and said, like, sure good, good, goodbye, friend, I was like, this is not what he would be doing if... Like he know he has some crazy stuff in, in in store, and man, what a setup it was! We get like the the echoing of of the uh, the Arnold kill, like that mm-hmm. was so it was so cool. I I love that that whole scene got me so so pumped. And to see from all those retired hosts uh, emerge oh, yeah. from the forest, guns blazing, they they shoot a, a bow tied. Uh, Man in Black, who, who has that just the look in his face that he's he's relieved to finally he's like pumped. actually feel something. Yeah, in he this gets world fucking, something to finally be real. Shot in the arm and the blood splatters, and he just could, could not he be more overjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was I thought that was a great final scene for for that character too. Oh yeah, um, just yeah, the the whole final stretch was was really cool, and um, really got got me pumped for for season two uh in in 10 10 years from now when it airs what what did you think chris and we can have a birthday party for me right before we watch the <laughs> premiere mic what did you think of that that final scene chris uh i thought well, i was thinking like is how is he gonna get out of this one it's a classic phrase does he man in black does he like run into that house and like try to fight them off does he then I thought about how there was the dangling thread with the security guy, who's played by, actually played by one of the Hemsworth brothers. Yeah, did you not see him this week? Where the hell did, did he see go? Him or Elsie? That's that's a loose end. I don't think I, for me Elsie is in a loose end. Why? Well, I think Elsie's. I think the whereabouts of Stubbs is tied to what's going on with Elsie. But also, Elsie was like a main character for several episodes. Like I think we deserve a little bit better than like. Maybe she got killed or str- or strangled out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> he might deserve a little bit better, but you know, who did get a, a good end, a good 
final scene is uh, Anthony Hopkins. They One and done, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, probably, they, probably for the best. Makes sense. Why would Anthony Hopkins agree to to, to do a, a TV show in his advanced age and uh, some awesome. of, of that caliber star? Uh, so it makes sense that he would only want to do one season. But yeah, he destroyed it. I mean, he destroyed. He was so good. He carried this certain parts of of this season. I thought, like on his back, does like, make me a little. He worried. sold the hell out of certain certain just chunks of yeah. dialogue that probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, his weird, like, ominous dialogue, if done by a lesser actor, definitely would have come off like hokey. It's true. It's a good point. It's a good... Yeah. Let's do this because we have a very special second segment to get to, so let's just get some final thoughts and what we're looking forward to in season two. Um, Mike, you, you had mentioned the Stubbs stuff, or Chris, Chris mentioned, and then proceeded to say that he didn't care as much about LC. Those are two things I'm a little bit worried about. Um, I'm looking forward to season two. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that that's going to be a huge plot point in season two. It, prob- it probably will. I'm sure we'll Where return to they? it. Where are they? Well, that's not what I'm excited about, though. Okay, I don't really okay, care yeah, yeah. that please. much about steps. Each of you share, please, yes. Uh, well, obviously, the hosts finally achieving full consciousness, total agency over their actions. Um, especially led by by Dolores in Maeve is is a huge thing very yeah. significant that's probably going to pave the road for not just next season but the next three or four seasons however many they, they do in the show so that's a huge thing to look forward to also to, to keep in the back of our minds samurai worlds or any other parks that that exist mm. uh, with it uh, in this this larger company, I think is probably. I, I don't think it it can't be not significant. So that's something yeah. to, to look forward Chris, to as well. It could definitely serve to change up, like if things start getting stale. I mean, how many seasons in Westworld? Whole season three could be in Samurai World, Sci-Fi Land. Wow, we could just be dropped into a. But it can't be like a retreat of a retreat of 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 this season, though. I mean, no. But say like say say there's only a certain amount of hosts that have gained consciousness left, and they say like, let's go freaking hide in Aqua World. But uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) You guys didn't like that. Season two, I think they need to give us a little bit more specifics about how things work. They need to show us the larger world. Yes. They need to show us, hey, do these how do these are these things charged? Do they run on batteries mm-hmm. or is there a nuclear reactor in there that they're just gonna live forever? Also the world outside the park. Yeah. We need to get a an expanded oh, scope. I really want to, to get out there. That I think that's a very important to really understanding to under, fully understanding the um, the world of of the show is to under is to really see what life is like outside the park, mm-hmm. where they are um, physically, physically, as well as in time <clears throat> is is important. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think um, I'm just wondering: is it just going to turn into like a season? And I know I got 
uh, chastised for saying hung- Hunger Games, but whatever you want to call it, just a bunch of people trapped in this world. Like, right now, that's where we are, right? It's a bunch of people, real people, trapped in this world being chased by the, by these beings. Mm-hmm. Like, is that what season two is going to be? I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, what call, is, gonna, what is it going to become of the, the Delos board? Call Jennifer Lawrence, Mike, because we need to get her here with her uh, b- bow and arrow. Yeah, she, she's got enough going on. There's That's what I'm wondering. I'm a little bit sad that... Uh, Young William, I guess, is done. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sad about Anthony Hawkins. I mean, you're always sad when we don't get more of a great man. I mean, it's true. it, it was true. wonderful stuff. But, but you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they bring on another Anthony Hopkins caliber actor to sort of anchor the void left by him. Yeah, it could be like Disney's Survivor where it's like, whoa, uh, Tom, Chris, Tom Hanks was the only... The DS talk. Tom Hanks was the only board member not at the party yeah. that day. He's, just, like, leading the company now. <laughs> Unnecessary, Chris. <laughs> um, I, uh... Yeah, no. I would I would love that. Tom Hanks would be, would be a good fit. <laughs> no one up there. Season 2, cold open. A horde of the uh, retired hosts they're all listening to like their their leader speak new <laughs> new leader emerges Roseanne Barr Roseanne that's Barr that's who they can bring in because she's she's right up there right? I mean on the comedic side sure sure she's right up there with Anthony Hopkins <laughs> and can you imagine the on-screen chemistry Ed Harris and Roseanne that would be a hell of a show so yeah lots of Lots of stuff to look forward to. That's that, that's interesting, though, Mike. If they br- bring in someone, it's will, it, it's uh, HBO. Will this make an appearance on your top ten list, Chris? Westworld. Who knows, Jeff? The secret. I've I've only watched six shows, so <laughs> might be a couple of. Them. Be continued next week. Uh, absolutely, and now. For a special set, actually, before we have a special segment, Chris, can, can you give us the quickest of quick hits for your uh, the the Walking Dead? How how wh- wasn't it a, a big episode? It was all right. Uh, there's like uh, they keep doing these hour and a half episodes without announcing them. It's pretty interesting. I didn't know. Huh. I think next week is too. I'll just say this is a quick hit. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That man's a great actor. Doing a great job. He sure is. That? He sure is. He plays Negan. Okay. Doing a great job. Very charismatic. Thank you for that. Thank you for making it quick. Yeah. Um, So up next here, we have each prepared at the behest of Mike, the special segment czar, uh, five, top five single episodes Mm -hmm. of television in the past year. Mm -hmm. So we are going to share our lists. I know what you're all thinking. This could get messy. You're all sharing individual lists. There might be some crossover. In fact, hopefully there there will be. Uh, and we have thought of that, guys. So whoever... Sh- we have not shared our lists. We're going in cold. Uh, whoever shares an, an episode, if it's on another one of our lists, we will re- re- reveal it, and we'll all have a group discussion about it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. D- does anyone... Want to go first, um, or or maybe am I the only one that has s- several um, r- runners up or honorable mentions? I have some honorable mentions. Should should we just have like a group honorable mention discussion? Maybe. Yeah. Now to further this, I have I have a tie 
as 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 well. Is that going to be okay? I have a tie at at number five. Uh, I think that means you have to leave now. You broke the rules. <laughs> well, so. your tie that'll be your 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 number five entry. Yes, right. yes, but so it's two you'll, you'll talk about two shows for your number five slot. That's exactly right. Yeah. Do you have any shows outside your top five? Yes, I do. Episodes, I mean. So I mean, you have honorable mentions. You might. I, I mean, I'll I'll throw a, I'll throw out a couple. Um. So one honorable mention, I'll say. I have two Atlanta episodes that didn't make my top five uh, that I thought d- deserve honorable mention. One, I think a lot of people didn't like. Uh, the one where they pretend to be on a television show. I love that. I think a lot I, of people liked that episode. I thought it was hilarious. That was my favorite episode of Atlanta this year. Really? Um, and Atlanta? that's also in my honorable mentions. Very nice. <laughs> Chris, did uh, did that happen to make any part of your list? It did not. It did not. I have one other oh, episode that I want to mention. Hold on, Atlanta. that episode is called B-A-N, BAN. B-A-N. Hilarious stuff in love there, it. man. Awesome stuff. Um, zero. Uh, Don Glover, Don Glover, referenced. Yeah, but Don referenced. Glover. Yep. No uh, but still, the guy that plays uh, Paper Boy, Paperboy is <laughs> so good. It was just so good, and the little the the commercials were just all yeah. all great. Uh, the other one that I really liked was v- Value, the Van episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool, especially in hindsight. I've been thinking about it. Just really cool episode, just playing with stereotypes and just digging more into Van and what she's all all about and stuff. Yeah, it was like kind of like a, like an expanded universe episode of, yeah. of that show. They they did kind of a string of those like in the middle portion of the season, and just to to, to get a glimpse into Van's world view and to to see where where, where she lies on a lot of things was great that's another great episode i had another honorable mention but i've decided to now make it part of my list so i'm not going to mention it uh any honorable mentions other than that from from you guys i don't have any honorable sure, mentions i have a i played yeah, i'll rules. mention i'll mention uh two very briefly um game of thrones battle of the bastards I that could very well be in your guys' top five. That is on my top five, so we can talk about that right now. It's on my top, top Let's five. Let's not too. spoil your, our discussion of that during my okay. my mention of it in my honorable mentions. I'll just leave it at that. It's as gonna be well a pretty as sh- shitty top five if Battle of the Bastards didn't make your list. But go 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 on. <laughs> Maybe another Game of Thrones episode did. Okay. Um, and season five episode of Girls. The Panic in Central Park, uh, a Marnie-centric episode for anyone who's familiar with that show. Chris, Never you watched season one? I think I watched show, a, yeah? a little bit of season one. I'll eventually watch it. Uh, great. Just come back season in general of, of Girls. I might have something to say about that next week. But uh, for anyone who's seen that episode, probably series high point. Um, I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, it just carried this real sort of romantic, melancholy um really kind of sad uh, exploration into that character and uh, the character of Charlie that uh, was really nice to see. I've never and, heard of that show. Huh? I've never heard of that show. Never heard of Girls? Lena Dunham, Lena Dunham on HBO? Vehicle. No. 
What what season is it? I'm sorry. This past season was five. Next, this Jeez. season six comes back in January for its final. Season. The guy who played Kylo Ren is in that show, Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have heard of it because I heard of it from from him. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only very just seen little s- snippets and stuff. Mm. Do- doesn't he play like someone who's not cool at all? Like, doesn't he play? He like plays a uh, Lena Dunham's uh, sort of on again. Off again, love yeah. interest. Yeah. Uh, he's he's cool in like a hipster way. Yeah, yeah, interesting personality. Uh, Huge ears, that guy. He's kind of funny oh, looking. He, yeah. he is Harrison Ford's son. So, <laughs> uh, Jeff, what was your number spoilers. five? <clears throat> no honorable mentions from you, Chris. No, I play by the rules. And I'm I have to re- reveal mine no, no, number five first. Yep, please do. Well, I have two. Okay. Okay. Number, okay, 5A, I don't know what to say. Sure. No, this one's a little lower for me, so 5B. Um, if it's a little lower, some would say it's number six. It should, the, be, it should be in your the, honorable mentions. No, it's 5B. They're on the same tier. The episode of Stranger Things, that's right, everyone, where they... Where he f- he goes, he breaks into the morgue mm-hmm. and opens up uh, Will Will's the stuffed, body, the stuffed yeah. body, and then the end of the episode, he like breaks into the facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also in that episode, you guys watched all of that show, right? Yeah, love that show. Uh, they also, it's the one where they make contact on the ham radio, or they like hear him on the ham radio talking to to, to his mom, mm-hmm. And, like, a bunch of other weird shit happens. Like, they see that the monster was in, like, a photograph and stuff. Uh, and I just really thought... I thought that whole show was really good, so I wanted to have it represented on my list. So I chose that, which was an episode that I really liked. Okay. It didn't make anyone else's list? Uh, Stranger Things, one of my favorite shows from the past year. I don't have any specific episodes mm. to, uh, to talk about it. Uh, this week, just because with Netflix shows, it's really hard to sort of narrow down mm-hmm. one episode in particular. Just because we watched, I watched Stranger Things in a single day, so it's tough for things to really stand out. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, if you'd like, I can Great list moment. my five A. What? My five A. Yeah. My other number five. Yeah. What is it? It's the episode of Veep where her mother dies called mother yep. yes uh now i love julia louis dreyfus i really love her is that on your list mike it is not on my list i actually i don't think i would have put it on my top five but it's definitely an honorable mention that episode it's on it's on my list really mm-hmm. specifically the one where her mother dies yep mother wow i feel a great episode i mean ah uh, she's just in her prime in that episode like that character like, just demonstrating how, like, she does not, like, really care that her own mother died. <laughs> and just the back and forth between everyone, like... Yeah, specifically with that, um, just to see, to to uh, juxtapose her reaction to the death of her mother with that of her, her daughter, who yeah. is seriously, like, in grief and in mourning over the loss yeah. of her grandmother to see... Yeah. President also, Selena it's Meyer like classic, shit. classic, like falling upwards. Like she gets up to do a eulogy, and she's 
crying about her political future. Yeah, yeah. But, it works the, it, but it works out. Loss of her presidency. Yeah, but it works out. <laughs> the great line at the very end, I think, where she just like just just goes, uh, maybe I'll just get assassinated. <laughs> like, like it would be a relief at this point. Uh, but yeah, so I I love that that show. That's um, you know probably going to be shows six to ten of my top top ten shows next next week Spo- sp- spoilers sorry wow, wow. Um, i love that show um well that was my five as well that was my five wow so moving you, on. you're up all the way down to me please yeah. number five my number five favorite episode of this past year goes to season five episode excuse me season four episode nine of Bates Motel. Wow. Titled Forever. I forget about that show. You might not remember that that show is a show that exists. Uh, I'm here to remind you that that it is. It does exist. <laughs> um, and it's... I may talk about that show next week. Uh, oh it had its finest... Far and away. Its finest season. It finally sort of gave... It finally reached... The, the the peak of its aspirations this 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 past year um in its in the trajectory of Norman Bates and who he would eventually uh go on to become in the film Psycho as for whoever doesn't know Bates Motel is a yeah uh, prequel of sorts to the movie Psycho from by Alfred but, Hitchcock but it's a modernized version though, modernized right? version Chris sure. you don't watch the, that show no, I do not. Have you seen any of it? I've seen like I might have watched the pilot a while ago. I watched the first season, Mike. Okay. Oh, you did? Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. I just haven't watched it, it, it again. Yeah, first three, I really, I struggled with it at certain points. Uh, it never really reached its full potential. This season, it, this that that this episode in particular, everything really finally came to pass, and the show sort of. Uh, elevated itself to its its fullest potential and uh it left off very uh very sad moving sort of beautiful place um that it will hopefully carry through to its final season next year all right absolutely let's do this like a snake draft so mike what's what's your four number four uh, this might be on your list. I don't know. Um, episode one, or excuse me, season one, episode six of People vs. OJ, American Crime Story, titled Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. On your list? That w- that would have been a honorable mention. I want to watch a, more of that show. That was a great episode. I've only seen this the first was, episode. This was the uh, Sarah Paulson, Marsha Clark power hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, in which the entire episode was, was filtered through her point of view and her experiences on on this the trial of O.J. Simpson. And man, was it just a hell of an acting performance from Sarah Paulson. She really got at, at the root of of that character's um, just emotional distress in, in working the, this case and just the way, the ways in which the world around her reacted to to her presence um she she immediately was launched into sort of celebrity status and to just watch how Sarah Paulson conveyed all those those emotions was really powerful um 
she was really like the first victim of 24 hour news. Yeah. Just like she was the first person probably ever in the history of mankind to just like be in the middle one, of one this media circus. <laughs> yeah, one, one scene in particular from that episode I want to mention is uh, when she gets that haircut. Yeah. She she gets a haircut to sort of like uh, rejuvenate herself, to feel good about herself, mm-hmm. to, to regain some confidence. And then she goes into the, the courtroom and everyone's looking at her. Everyone's awestruck at, at this this physical <laughs> transformation that she's she's undergone and it just crushes her because that was not the reaction she was hoping for or needed it's the way sarah paulson played that scene was was really powerful yeah so it, it seemed like an awesome show to me <laughs> you're 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 making me uh, want it more now so I'll, i definitely have to have to check that out it just seems you definitely so- got the lesser of the two sarah paulson <laughs> starring shows uh, yeah <laughs> Well, I get to see her play two two roles, right? Is that is that correct? She played three roles this past year. My my God, what three? She played Shelby. Yeah, she played uh, the the real actress version of of, of fair of enough. Okay, okay, Audrey. and then <laughs> yeah. she played yeah. Land Winners. And you're telling me in none of those three roles that I saw her in was anything close to her real. No, potential? this was the best performance of her career, and she wow. won. She rightfully, <laughs> deservingly won an Emmy for it. I've just been like, I've been putting off watching it because it seems so heavy, though. Like I really have to get in the right mindset. I would say her second best performance was when she played Lana Winters back in season two, Asylum. She yeah, was great I've there. seen that show. So mm-hmm. I've seen that. Yeah, can't quite remember that, but Chris, my four. Is an episode of. It's actually the final episode of Comedy Bang Bang. I knew, I knew he was uh, going to sneak it on. Enough with the Comedy Bang. Season five, episode twenty-two, I believe, I entitled "Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber wears a purple top hat and Fabrice Fabrice wears one pink fur leg warmer." Seems like a sentimental vote to me. It is a sentimental vote because, uh, well, here's the interesting thing: as an episode of television, is how do you and I read an article, uh, an interview with Scott Ackerman about this. How do you finish a series? That was his question. How do you make the last episode of a series? And he went back and he looked through all these famous series endings and series endings like and he didn't like, and he realized that especially for something like a talk show, even though this is a fake talk show, he wanted to do just a normal episode, but a really good normal episode. Instead of doing some like big blowout episode where they get all these stars that wouldn't be on the show normally or all these like storylines that wouldn't normally be on the show just do their best work and give your fans just the qu- most quality episode you could did, so, did he explain this to you explain this to me uh like, no how no do you know what went into him, him thinking oh i read an inter- i read an interview with him oh, okay all right so and that's what this was it was two fan favorite characters andrew lloyd weber and fabrice fabrice and they came on the show, and it was just a great episode. Wow. Of one of the best shows, maybe ever. You, the fourth best episode of television you've seen this entire I've never year. seen that show, so I can't really comment, but I'm happy you loved it. I've hey. seen it. It's pretty funny. I don't know if I'd put it on. Wow. Well, you haven't seen the final episode. So, so you liked this episode better than all but three other television shows that you've seen this yeah. year. Yeah. Wow, okay. Three episodes of TV? Must be pretty damn I wouldn't good. Put, I wouldn't put... There's a lot of other... There's a lot of shows that were would be in my honorable mentions that I wouldn't put this season of Comedy Bang Bang ahead of, but okay. this individual episode. Great. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I've got to check it out. You know, it's a mm-hmm. funny show. Very also, Paul F. Tompkins plays Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, and Paul F. Tompkins is like uh, just a genius comedian in and of himself. Oh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I was thinking, Andrew. What's what's the comedian's name? That's Andrew, and then two two other names. Andrew. That's who I was thinking. Of. So it was that's a comedian playing his own. Okay, well, what? I'm ready for my number four. Um, strange enough, also an episode of Comedy Bang Bang. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I haven't seen any episodes th- this year. Uh, I'm actually not sure if you guys have seen this show. Uh, it was the new HBO Westworld. Oh. And um, What are you mentioning? It? What I've put at number four here is the one that's hard to pronounce, Trump Loyal. Trump Loyal. Uh, you know the the one where where we get the Bernard re- re- reveal, which was a great episode, and a bunch of other stuff ha- happened too, which wasn't quite as good. But we found out about them smuggling Im- Im- info and stuff too. But the whole scene where Bernard was revealed was just unbelievably good. Like the acting in that scene was so good, and I was so pu- pulled in, and it was awesome. Does yeah. that appear on anyone else's list? Or? Doesn't appear on my list. It does not. Definitely a high point for uh, the first season of that show, and a season that I would say has a, a good, good, good number of high points, but it's definitely one of its highest. Uh, that's a great episode, but I remember, I remember thinking that the other half of that episode like drags that down for me. Like, there's a lot of stuff on that train. There's like a shootout on a train in that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good reveal, though. Oh, so now I I go again, right? Yeah. What's your four? Snake draft, baby. Or I'm not three, sure. Excuse me. I'm not sure. This might get a little bit. Uh, you guys might get mad about this one. Never. Uh, because it's also an episode of Westworld. <laughs> okay. And well, like you said, you only watched six shows last year. <laughs> was this my favorite episode of Westworld? The one I'm about to list. We'll we'll have to see. But it was uh, the the well-tempered Clavier, the one in which it is last week, right? Yeah, I think it was episode nine. Yeah, we where we it is revealed who Arnold is, right? Uh, And that episode, I liked the reveal of Bernard better, but as the episode as a whole, I felt that that episode kicked ass. That whole episode last week. I agree. Kick, mm-hmm. Kicked ass. Yep. Um, Maeve has the the dialogue with with Bernard, and it's revealed that she can control him, and she mm-hmm. she knows that he's not a, a host, uh, or that he's not a human, uh, and that happens. And it was it was just an awesome episode. So I I really like like that. Was it my favorite? We'll have to see the rest of my top top five list. But it was a great a great episode. Chris, your number three. My number three. Let me pull it up here. Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones. All right. That was on my list too. <clears throat> so we can we can suppose that it's higher on your list. Should I say where where it was? Yeah. Sh- should I? No. Wait. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, Mike. Uh, anyway, so all right, so Battle of the Bastards. Obviously, great episode of television. Where it lacks is in its writing. 
Yes. As I think we all, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I remember talking with Mike, that's how he felt. But one of the greatest battle scenes ever put on, definitely on TV, the greatest battle scene on TV, maybe. But yeah, ever, ever depicted in, in media. Any form of media. Yeah. I, I, I agree. So, um, I mean, that's got to make it on the list the, for sure. The, the execution of, of not only just the, the battlefield, uh, in the battle in Westeros, Westeros, in Winterfell, but also the first portion of that that episode that takes place um, in Marine with Danny. Yeah, was outstanding for sure. Jaw dropping, jaw droppingly beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. I um ah, and the scene with one one at the end of that episode where one one the giant with his last breath breaks into the Bolton castle or whatever and then the bastard literally pun intended the bastard shoots him in the in the eye mm-hmm. i mean one one's a fan favorite that was a sad day that was a sad day mm-hmm. uh but great stuff yeah i think my favorite moment from that episode is when right after that happened and john snow walks in and he's like he picks up the shield oh, and yeah. he shoot at him and the shield is the mormont shield it's like, oh. it's like symbolic, like three times. It's like, yeah, Mormonts were there for me. Nobody else were. That's true. L- Hell yeah. Lady Mormont. Hell yeah. All right, Mike. What's your three? Is that all we have to say about Battle of the Bastards? Uh, it was magnificent television. Also a great scene uh, when uh, Grey Worm kills the Slave Masters. True. Yes. Did you think that Jon Snow was going to die? By the horses? I didn't. I didn't think he was going to die just because... He'd already died. No one wanted to go through that again. <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, it was... Still a good scene. It was awesome. It was one of the greatest things I've I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, so my number three episode definitely isn't on either of your lists, because I don't believe either of you watched the show. We'll see. Is episode four... I keep doing this. Why do I keep getting the episodes in the season numbers mixed up it's all right episode seven season four of the americans titled travel agents uh the americans coming off um i would say it's easily its best season season four similar to that of bates motel had its best season season four americans had its best season season four um this episode was a huge standout because it packed really like three and a half seasons worth of the show's history. Three and a half seasons worth of the show's history all kind of converged around the fate of probably its most sympathetic character, Martha, in which we had um, all the powers of the FBI and all the powers of uh, our heroes, the undercover Russian agents, all sort of all at once trying to find and, and locate that this one person it was so it just sort of uh, reached shades of of the best episodes of Breaking Bad I would say in its ability to sort of drive tension and suspense and carry that throughout an entire hour of TV so I really loved it um, the, the whole and thankfully, the really whole season sort of carried that that level of quality throughout. So, 
I've never seen that, but that's the one about like the communists, right? Yeah, they they play the nineteen eighties USA Spy. Reagan era. They play uh, undercover KG, KGB agents conspiring against the United States. Pretty cool. Uh, sounds like you, we should hate them, but but uh, the show really finds a way to, to make us care deeply about them and their and their family. Was that your number three, Mike? That was my number three. So now in the spirit of, of the snake draft, mm-hmm. let me move on to my number two uh, from Game of Thrones, season six, episode 10, the finale, The Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. That was on my list as well. That was on my list too. Beautiful. Pretty great ep. Uh, I think that episode featured the greatest 20 minutes opening really in the history of the show like it was just jaw-droppingly beautiful what they were able to do with Cersei and everything that had gone on for really two whole seasons of of the show in King's Landing just the way it was able to conclude that arc and sort of elevate the character of Cersei to 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 that place was was terrific um, I also think it was by far the best finale in, in the show's run. Um, it wasn't just sort of a, a huge come down from the penultimate episode. Like it, the sh- that it carried a lot of dramatic weight and urgency that many of the show's finales had been lacking. And then there were just so many overall great moments uh, throughout the, all the Cersei stuff in King's Landing. Danny finally setting sail for Westeros, which we had all been very antsy for. Since uh, season one for, for me. I thought it was going to happen you, at the end of the episode one first season. Yeah. Uh, the the Jon Snow parentage reveal, Arya's revenge. Lots of stuff packed in there. Amazing episode. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Ramin Jawadi, the music at the beginning of that episode during the Cersei scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That was then the silent suicide of the other yeah, young king. Uh, just to see the immediate consequence of her actions um, in, in that kind of way was yeah. really, really sad. There was like nothing bad about that, that episode. That episode was, was, a bad, was it a downbeat? That episode mm-hmm. was uh, so much, so much so much and set up so much for this upcoming season too mm-hmm. very good yeah that was on my list too. so Great. um alright number two Black Mirror episode San Junipero Ooh. is that on your list it's not on my list I'm on your list I didn't realize you'd you'd watch that we didn't talk about it yeah I, we actually could do a whole season thing on, on this even though they're so all the episodes, episodes are so different and uh I was going to say the number of the episode, but I think that there obviously is a number, but I was actually listening was to it. I was li- listening to an interview with Dan Trachtenberg, friend of the show. I listened to that same Friend video. of the show. That same podcast. Where they talked. Oh, yeah, the Slash film? Yep. And, well, Jeff, you might, you might find this interesting. Uh, so, you know Black Mirror, all the episodes are different? Yes. There's no real order to the season? Yeah. Um, and they were trying to make it so that with the Netflix, it's all a digital interface that for everyone, they would see all the episodes in a completely different order. Whoa. Yeah. 
but apparently like it was extremely hard it would have like <laughs> they would have had to engineer some crazy thing to get it done i watched that out of order that was the second episode of the season that i watched yeah well anyways a uh, really good episode like one a a shining light in a whole world of darkness that is Black Mirror, the universe of Black <laughs> Mirror. True. Even it's, though it's not the brightest light, it's still it's still it carried a, a much more like uplifting tone. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Uh, but just it kind of it's not it's not like Westworld too much, but there is some stuff about consciousness. Uh, where it, where is your mind? Stuff like that, and stuff that I really like to think about, and just a love story, an unconventional love story, obviously, and. Uh, did Trachtenberg direct the episode? He didn't, but oh, he was okay. just talking about this because oh, okay. he worked on the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I think that episode just sort of like represented the uh, the best of what Black Mirror is yeah. is capable of and, and can do. Um, and it's really good slow reveals of technology. I watched the first episode by by the way because you guys were of all Black Mirror. It. Yes, which episode is that? Uh, the one with the Prime Minister of oh, England. That's a good one. That's a great it's one. Pretty dark. Yeah, it gets it gets that shows very it gets dark. more dark? I'd say some are more dark, yeah. Wow. More okay. d- some are darker. Sounds like a good choice, Chris. Alright, you're up, Jeff. My number two. We already talked about Battle of the Bastards. Alright. Great up. And now, now you're number one. Now you're number one. We stake. I so I have a one A and one B. Oh wow. Really going um, against the green here. One, okay, one B um, is, uh, I think, sort of like the, I think it's been highly rated by a lot of different people, so it's sort of a cliche choice, so I wanted to have one A and one B. One B is the pilot episode of DS, Designated Survivor. So the in the pilot episode of DS, the capital is blown up. All right, guys, have a good night. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you guys later. The just just let me, I, I really want to say a, a moment about this. The capital is is blown up, and a series of events are set into motion that would eventually mentally devastate us all. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say. There was a lot of hope at the beginning of DS, and it's come a long way, and it's come a long way probably not in the right direction. So I just want to say, I want to be thankful. <laughs> Sorry, no. This isn't the Thanksgiving cast. thankful. I just want to say, that was a really cool episode, and it should have been... I, I was going to have it be an honorable mention, but I decided to make it 1B. That's pretty bold of you <laughs> to uh, include it. One... Any, anywhere near a top list of, of any sort. Um, but to then put it at, at, at your number one, it's pretty bold. My 1A... Well, at my, one, at my 1B, Mike. At my 1A was Winds of Winter, which was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. That Chris? Winds of Winter is my number one as well. Wow. Anything you want to further say about that? Mm, just classic. Game of Thrones. I Can't think wait for next season. The scene, though, where Jamie returns and sees her being crowned queen or whatever, that's a really cool scene, too, because he's like... I don't know about cool, but 
just to watch him be like, I'm not so sure about her anymore after like seasons and seasons of him just being completely devoted to to, to her. Mm. Like that's the first time we really see him sort of being like, this is a crazy piece of shit, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Every scene in that. Hopefully that, there's so. some payoff to that. Well, yeah. Well. Uh, I, th- I think so. He's had one of the best arcs. He's probably had maybe the best arc on that show. If he wasn't stuck in, like, story mud last season down in down in Dorne, I would have really liked him. Jamie? No, well, yeah. one, one down part of that, that episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not really that, but just... John should have killed Me- Melisandre. He only banished her. That's true. True, but I, I don't know. I guess that's not a down part, but more of like a. I wish she got more of what was coming to her personally. You never want to scorn a red priestess. Red priestess <laughs> and allow her to to, to live. To <laughs> get, gather her revenge. That line. He made a mistake. Might pay for that. Mike, uh, so this is all you now. You're the special boy. I'm a little uh, disappointed in Chris that he didn't have this episode in his at least his honorable mentions maybe he just didn't think hard enough <laughs> yeah, um, episode 12 season 4 DS we we haven't made it there yet of orange is the new black <laughs> titled the animals haven't seen Do you it recall this episode Chris uh, that I'm is not... my number one favorite episode of the year I'm not the biggest fan of orange is the new black so I don't, and, I, and you know that, so I don't know why you're really disappointed in me. This episode was better than Winds of Winter, Game of Thrones. Yes. Neil, I remember people really liking that, I will though. tell you that this episode features the most powerful, devastating, just soul-crushing moment of any show that I have seen this year. Maybe more any show I've, I've ever seen. Don't I tell don't me. I'm, I, I, tell. I might watch it. Huh? Don't tell me. Um, yeah, I won't tell you which character it was, but, man. Um, and it, it was just made all the more powerful. Oh, I know what you're talking the about. deliberate attention paid to that er- that character's journey really throughout, throughout the season. Um, and just the way in which it affected all the characters around her. Um, the following episode, but really in just the media aftermath uh, within this episode. Uh, it also sh- showcased um, another character um, by the name of Baxter Bailey. Um, we got a, we got a fl- flashback insight into his past, um, and we, we learned sort of about how he's just this young, dimwit, but ultimately good-natured, harmless human being, and really just like a beacon of light inside this very dark... Um, miserably run situation involving the the prison guards. He, he was a fellow prison guard, but he was one of the really only positive aspects of that. Um, and just to see that contrasted with his actions in the, the final episode was, was really powerful. And just the, I think that the whole episode was just a really terrific culmination of the whole season's um, various plot threads involving the prison guards and the mental health of uh, everyone's favorite crazy eyes, Suzanne, um, everything with Piper, etc. Terrific episode. My number one of the year. You're telling me you like this better than the season finale, the the series finale of Comedy Bang Bang? (laughs) 
considering I've never seen a single second of that show. Mike, it's it was just a normal episode. It was just a normal episode. It was a really good normal episode. One of the best. Well, yeah, I, I only watched the first season of Orange. You're missing out. Am I missing oh. out, Chris, you think? Uh, you'd probably... There's stuff to like. It's not the best show. Definitely not the best show Netflix has, that's for sure. If we all revealed everything... Who knows? It may be featured in my top ten next week. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Guys, congratulations on unveiling our top five episodes of television this year. And especially, congratulations to to Mike, who's dealing with a debilitating head dizziness injury. So thank you, Mike. I really powered through. Not only did he power through, he also came up with the segment, which I always have to give him props for. Guys... What an episode. We packed a lot in today, uh, and we're going to have even more next week. Next week is, is going to be our top ten, maybe, I don't know about me, top ten uh, shows, top ten shows, like se- seasons of of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be looking forward to that next week. In the meantime, Mike, where can we find you online? Uh, on Twitter at linguistics underscore and screeningclub.com. How about you, Chris? Twitter.com slash Thad Morris and ScreenClub.com. I just reviewed this week's Walking Dead. Go check it out. There you go. And you can find me, as always, at TheRealJeffMoore.com. Remember to rate and subscribe. Let us know what you think. And as both Mike and Chris just mentioned, you can find uh, a lot more stuff, articles, insight, and you can share your thoughts and comments with us uh, on ScreeningClub.com. You can also send us an email. We love emails. ScreeningClub at gmail.com. And until next week, we wish you all uh, happy watching, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Take care. God bless.